1: Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. The Late Lunch with
2: Blackstone Motors, Chaudet and Dundalk & Cabin. Order your new 221 Renault today from our extensive Renault range. Guaranteed delivery and low-rate AP or finance. Visit BlackstoneMotors.ie.
0: Yes, the postmen and postwomen have been busy arriving at LMFM Radio every day With lots of deliveries, we get a lot for sure But the Christmas cards, they keep piling in every day They do indeed Haven't had time this morning to open them So I'm going to open them now in a moment But I have somebody on the line I was thinking of her this morning And she was thinking of me Weren't we, Anne Tracy?
3: (laughs) Where <laughs> and, and it was all lovely,
0: lovely warm, thoughts, Jerry. It was. Well, look at you were going to check in with me, and I was going to check yes. in with you, and you said, "Big God, I was just going to ring you when you rang me." Yes. How are the cards going? Oh, Jerry,
3: it's it's been incredible. Thank you so much to you and all your listeners because immediately the phone went down after we were speaking. You know. Yeah. And the next thing is, I'm just sitting there. And saying, right, go to grab a coffee phone went i answered it and lovely businessman from uh over lobenstown direction yeah hang in he'd been listening to you and he said would you put a few boxes away from me there now and i'll get them picked up this evening that was immediate immediate mm-hmm. and it's been like that and uh you know we yes we have people that will always come to us but to have got the word out there and people saying no, no, no. We we just we heard Jerry's broadcast on yourself and we wanted to it's a, a- Two of our outlets the following day sold out to the pharmacies, so we had to stock them up again. And I've just been out this morning, tipping uh, a little bit of stock. we very low, but I said, right, let's spread what we've got so that people at least, if they ring in, we can say, you don't have to come the whole way into us. They're somewhere near you, you know. But, yeah, it's, it's just been unbelievable.
0: Man, I'm just thrilled with this. And you know what I'm doing here? Listen... Listen, what I'm doing here as I'm, as I'm listening to you there, let me open a few of the ones that have arrived here. That is great to hear. And that was the whole purpose of this, Anne. Yeah, to, sure. you know, yeah. up up the awareness that the Gary Kelly Cancer Support Centre are selling Christmas cards. They do every year. And with the tough times we've been through the last year, the cards are a revenue stream and every euro helps at the centre. I know that. And the more you can sell and the more we can shift, the better for the centre this Christmas time. Look, I'm just after opening this one here. It says, Jerry and Louise, love your show brilliant best wishes from Gillian Hill in Carrick Macross and guess what Anne there's money in that card for oh, the Gary no. Kelly Centre. Do you know I'm getting money in in the Christmas cards as well, which I assure yeah. everybody, and you know, I will pass directly on to Anne, so I will, and I, I'm delighted to do it. Here, Here's another one here. Look at this. This one I'm just after picking up from Margaret Reed and her family oh. in Drogheda. You're doing great work. Really enjoyed the programme. I'm delighted to support such a great centre as the Gary Kelly Centre. I attended the centre during 2016... And found the friendly support of all the staff amazing. It was a tremendous help to me on my journey and my recovery. Well done to all. I'm forever grateful. That comes in from Margaret Reed today, know, Anne. i and lovely, lovely, Hold on here, wait. A I, I should have done this earlier. I apologise, Anne. But sure, look, I'm, I up, know, to me, no, no, I'm, I'm up to me. No, I'm loving it. I to feel like I'm there and I'm with you. Look at look at these. You see, people take time, and what I'm saying, Anne. And you know this, yes. Anne. My writing skills have taken off. Do you know this? I haven't written a lot for years. By God, I'm writing since we started this at the beginning of December. I'm just and... cramping now, Jenny. <laughs> <laughs> but, Anne, it's all for the best. I don't mind it one bit. I am individually replying to yes. every single Christmas card listen to this and I'm reading these off the cuff I'm just opening them opening them here uh, and this one comes in from Michael and Kate Calvi in Julianstown and, and there's a lovely message on this let me see what they have to say I thought it was a lovely idea to send in cards to you I love getting Christmas cards as well and it's something I feel is dying away. We listen to LMFM all the time and enjoy all of the shows. My husband and I, Michael, <clears throat> were guests on your show a few years ago. We were reminiscing about Mildred's restaurant. Oh my God. Yes, in the heart of Drodd. I remember you well. We really enjoyed talking to you about my mother and uh, uh, all about Mildred's shop. And that comes into ourselves here. Happy Christmas and New Year's from the Calvies today. Aww. God, there's a memory, Anne. You remember Mildred yourself, of don't you? Of
3: course I do. She'd be queuing up to <clears> try and get into it.
0: <laughs> yeah, and here's here's one. Here's a card from the Gary Kelly Centre, the one with the snowman on the front. Oh, I to Jerry, that. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year from Owen Deirdre and all... The McTaggarts, yes, ah, Deirdre no way. McTaggart, they're sending that in to me and our family. Hold on, hold on, I have. And you, if you saw what I'm opening these envelopes with, I wouldn't like to show you. Thank God it's radio. There's another donation in a card from Geraldine Lennon, Innisfil, Dundalk County, loud. I'm Geraldine. Here. Geraldine, Geraldine, thank you from our hearts for that one there. Just a couple more here, Anne. I've, look, I'll be here all afternoon, up the, but let me just see a few more just to see what's in them today. This one come from Kings Court uh, in County Mead from Bernadette Riley, all the way from Kings Court. And just a couple more. Oh, here's a big envelope coming here. Let me see what's in this one here as the cars keep coming in. And you know something? Wow. The tradition. I know people are worried about it disappearing and that. But look, you're selling them. We've booked the trend. People are sending cards to us. Isn't it
3: great? They are. And I actually found that, Jerry. you could see a a, a resurgence of it. I think the fact that people were so isolated from each other and family members that the written word became, you know, traditionally, yes, we always had our more mature uh, supporters. But across the the age, it was unbelievable what went on uh, last year. but. Thank you to you and the LMFM and all your gorgeous listeners. Um, it has the the interest in our cards has escalated, and I hope that you this tradition you have revised will continue. I am like you. I love a card. I'm like a child when the post my first guy wasn't like you, but my first card arrived <laughs> yesterday. Great. And I thought, I'm okay, I'm about two weeks behind Jerry, but I got
2: one. And uh, I was, oh my
3: God, oh my God, who's this? You know, and yes. I tried to read the handwriting and mm, delayed the mm, you know, the excitement of reading it. Mm,
0: so uh, there it is. I love the lovely. cards
3: coming in and yes. I think that value. But all my grandchildren love cards. Mm.
0: Mm. And I know that. I got one from my granddaughter, Ava, yesterday. And I was thrilled. A pop-up card here for you, sent to me here in the studio, written by herself as well. And it just done my heart good. And, you know, children are great. You know, they make cards as well. They make their own little cards because they're so arty through their schoolwork, etc. And, you know, it's something, I agree, Anne, it's something we shouldn't lose. Kathleen Fox, Ferdi Park RD, good on you for that lovely card. And look at this one with the little robin sitting on the post and the snow scene. Where does this come from? Jerry and Louise and all the crew at LMFM happy Christmas keep up the great work as always that comes in from Barbara the cat and the dog there you go we're even getting it from the family pets the cards isn't that just terrific? <laughs> Your popularity, oh <laughs> well. Well, you know what, I, I'm stopping there because I have more to do, but I'll, I'll open them a little later. But that's just a selection of, oh. of cards that are arrived today. And folks, I'm saying to you again, please, keep them coming. There's still plenty of time to us here. Jerry Kelly, LMFM Radio, Rat Mullen Road, Drogheda. A card to me, I'll return one to you with a message as well. I've bought them from the Gary Kelly Centre as well to support the centre. And, you know, you can still pick up cards. They are running low on stocks, but they'll look after you. They'll do the best they can. Anne, yeah. to get the cards to you this year and Anne just a final message for everybody the centre over the holidays and, and New Year what's the story
3: Yeah, we're, we're, we're just closed for that yes Jerry, you know um, I, we reopen again yeah on, um, it's the Tuesday what's that the 4th I think it is the 4th yes yeah, yeah so I mean yeah when I say open again it is just by appointments and everything else goes back on air as we have done for the last best part of two years yeah and, thank I mean, again, we we have a whole cohort of clients out there that we've never met in the flesh. We're dealing with them remotely, you know. Yes, yes. But, thankfully, they're finding the benefit of that support. And we look forward to someday having the centre full, the gardens full, yes. like everybody else, yeah, and yeah. being able to welcome you back over
0: there. Oh, moment. I'll be there for sure. And, you know, we do have to mention at this time, when somebody, you know this well, Anne, is going through a cancer journey... Yeah. The uh, spectre of COVID is even more Harvestous. difficult for people, as that goes without saying.
3: Yeah, yeah. Cancer brings its own anxieties, worries yes. and fears. And
4: mm-hmm. then
3: you throw in COVID. And that compounds that uh, not just for the individual, which is a big worry, but for the family members mm. because they 're not able to get in they 're not able to visit yes. not, you know I mean yes. where that emotional support is so important for an individual mm. you know, and the reassurance of a family member being able to go in over the door to see their loved one yeah uh, you know so all, all those barriers are in place obviously for good reasons to protect yes. an individual, but emotionally I, it is very upsetting so Needless to say, the mental health was always a concern for a cancer Mm. patient, as is in general for people, but COVID has escalated that. It
0: has, it has, and we need to bear that in mind. Uh, Quick message before you leave us. Can you say a big happy Christmas to Anne Tracy, legend and lady, and also to all in LMFM from the Castle Bellingham, Fun cycle crew there coming into us this afternoon. You know them, you do indeed. Keep your messages coming 086 1800 658 by WhatsApp or text to us here on the show this afternoon. Well, Anne, two things. We've done our little bit for the revival of the Christmas card. Get sending those Christmas cards, people love them, and send them to us here in LMFM radio. And I will personally reply to you all. And we are all supporting the Gary Kelly Cancer Support Centre and God bless you, talk God soon Thank you
3: Gerry and all at LMFM and your listeners, thank you so so much.
0: You are welcome always, take care Anne, bye bye, bye bye that's Anne Tracy there, keep the cards coming, I love getting posts and I love getting cards at Christmas time And you are fantastic, I thank you from my heart, Late Lunch LMFM Radio, it's Friday, it's time for a laugh, let's have a laugh on Late Lunch this afternoon and I was thinking where would I go, would I go National internet? National for you today I brought it all back home to the town of Navin in County Mead and the one and only Mr Tommy Tiernan reminiscing about his days at school
2: In primary school all you had to have done was lived a certain amount of days that you could get into the class <laughs> Secondary school they made you do an entrance exam Five different classes I went to St Patrick's Classical School in Navin Five different classes A1 A2 A3 B1 and then the Lord of Mercy on the brains of the faithful departed (laughs) not even of convitamin. B2 A1 and A2 they were kind of the same that's where I was, they were for fellows who were either clever or good looking (laughs) I'm still hovering between the two haven't made my mind up yet. We studied stuff like art, drama and music. A3. That was for kids who had the art bet out of them. (laughs) Clever but no flair. Kids who were going to go into business.
5: Business.
2: (laughs) They studied stuff like accountancy, commerce business organisation. <laughs> and they called it Bazaar. And you're going to bizarre. Klingons with school bags. Buzorg. Their part of the school had no windows. Just photographs of money from all over the world. B1 and B2. Those fucks are only in school because that's where the bus stopped. <laughs> the doors had open, come on, we're going here very <laughs> Big, thick agricultural fucks, heads like handball alleys. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't come to school to learn, and their heads were packed already. What's that? What's that? You'd like to teach me <laughs> I'd like to see you can try <laughs> Didn't give a rat's arse about exams We'd be in A1 trying to unravel Hamlet Macbeth, Jude the Obscure Compared the works of Thomas Hardy To that other great 18th century novelist George Eliot They're both dead <laughs> Haven't done much lately <laughs> Question two what did Shakespeare mean when he said, to wit, to why, to twi, hoodle, to him, to woe, to woe, to woe. I don't know. Why didn't he just say what he meant? Question three. Discuss the use of religious imagery in the poetry of Gerard Manley Hopkins. With who? And then you'd look out the window. And you see the boys from B1 and B2 out there. The wind blowing through their hair. Happy smiles on their faces. The decapitated body of their teacher thrown across a car. (laughs) And where would they be? (gasps) On the shade, on the shade, on the shade. Because tickers love shades. (laughs) That extra 10 or 12 feet in the air makes all the difference to a ticker. I can see the shopping centre from here. (laughs)
0: Tell me and He'd make a cat laugh, wouldn't he? He would indeed. Reminiscing on his school days in Navin. David and Kate Finnegan have been in touch to say, Jerry, we got your card. Thanks so much. I hope everybody's got their cards. Well, you will in the next few days for sure, because I've been writing away replying as I got them. Lovely that you have the card, and thanks for letting me know. Marion's been on from Navin to say, Jerry, long live the tradition of card sending at Christmas time. I absolutely love it, and well done to you. Lovely thought. Thanks indeed for that message. afternoon. Marion, you're with Late Lunch on LMFM Radio. We're heading to our first break this Friday afternoon and stand by all you young people out there because after the break we're launching Christmas Cuties 2021. Now it's another tradition on Late Lunch that we continued this year it's our Christmas Cuties. We ask you to record your children singing a festive song singing a song, maybe a hymn appropriate to the time of the year, religious one as well singing a little poem or something like that and we ask you to send them in to us and we play them on the air here on late lunch between now and Christmas and all that are played go into a hat and randomly one name will be drawn out and once again this year, we are so grateful to Shoe City Castle Blaney, Ireland's largest shoe store, who've given us a wonderful voucher. It's worth €250 euro for one child who'll be picked out at random. It's as simple as that. Let's remind ourselves of the cuties from years past. Here's some of them. I just love listening to them. And this will give you an idea of what we're looking for again this year. Let's have a listen to little Abby McGahan. My small
2: poem with Covid. My name is Covid and I'm 19... I live around the world, but cannot be seen. I don't like social distancing or waiting in the land. When you're going away, please give us a sign. No more wearing masks or during quarantine. A can't wait for that day that you're gone COVID-19. All the first shops are closed and then our communion was late. But we got to have a day, which worked out great. So, Mr. Virus, you're not welcome here. In our little world, that's full of cheer. We'll have no fear.
0: Lovely, lovely, that was last year, little Abby, you know, with the virus in mind. What did Lucy Brown send us in?
2: Jingle bell, jingle bell, jingle all the way. One a thumbs hey when her soap and sleigh. hey, jingle bell, jingle bell, jingle all the way. One a thumbs the hey, hey when her soap and sleigh. Hey, that's in through the snow with one her soap and all we go, laughing all the way, ha ha. Jingle bell, jingle bell, jingle all the way. One thumbs up, ha ha. One up and say, hey, Merry Christmas. <laughs>
0: Isn't she lovely Now my granddaughter Ava She can't enter the competition I know Because she's related to me And that they're the rules that apply right across radio And in the media game Family and friends need not apply But you know what She's been fantastic to me on the show over the years With uh, the little songs that she sang for me And I was listening back to previous years Here's Ava in 2018
2: when Santa got stuck up the chimney, he began to shout, You boys and girls don't get any toys if you don't pull me out. My beard is matted, my throat on my back, my nose is tickly too. When Santa got stuck up the chimney, chew, chew, a chew.
0: Oh my God, that's 2018. But folks, I mentioned it during the week I said I was doing this again, and this arrived into my inbox.
2: Hi, I'm Ava Flynn and I'm age six and today I'm going to sing Jingle Bells in Irish. Búlá bus, búlá bus, búlá míst caléar. Thá dadín Ig ích the news a núis on shimler Oh, búlá bus, búlá bus. Bula Claire daddy allagig the news, a new Oh, <laughs> there
0: she is today, singing a beautiful song in Irish. God, of the years—only three years—and look at the change, the change in the voice. Here's James Boylan. Listen to this fella.
2: Feliz Navidad, Feliz Navidad, Feliz Navidad, Prospero ano Felicidad. Feliz Navidad, Feliz Navidad, Feliz Navidad, Prospero Ano Felicidad. I want to wish you a Merry Christmas, I want to wish you a Merry Christmas, I want to wish you a Merry Christmas from the bottom of my heart.
0: Good man, James. Well done to you. So you get the idea, folks, what we're looking for. Mammies, daddies, people looking after children listening to us today. Children listening today, will you record a little song for me this Christmas time as part of our Christmas cuties? Shoe City are on board from Castle Blaney, Ireland's largest shoe store, €250 voucher, up for grabs for a child this Christmas time. What do you do? Record it on your smart device and here's the way you send it to me. Email it to us, late lunch at lmfm.ie. Email it in, late lunch at lmfm.ie. That gets to us. You will be able to use the WhatsApp, but it's probably best during the show to do that if you have them by WhatsApp when we're actually here in the studio. It tends to get lost in the mails from here. So the best way, email and record this weekend and into next week, send them in to us, late lunch at lmfm.ie. And we look forward to hearing from you this Christmas time. Well, James gave Feliz Navidad a shot. Here's Bublé and Thalia. Feliz
2: Navidad. Feliz Navidad, Feliz Navidad,
0: Prospero Año y Felicidad. Feliz Navidad, Feliz Navidad, Feliz Navidad, Feliz Navidad. Prospero Año y Felicidad. Now we move on and late lunch this afternoon. Before two, we were featuring the youngsters the little on the show we go right to the other end of the spectrum now because you see recently i paid a visit i'll call them the slain traditional collective if they don't mind and i met four men there mihal clark paddy riley and the derby's thomas and martin the traditional music uh, people and they're simply wonderful listen to this they have 340 years on the clock between them I have a wonderful feature on them. And today on Late Lunch, I just want to give you a feel for these men and what they do. Off we go to Slain. So I'm in Slane this evening at a traditional music session with young men whose total age, a combined age, would you believe it, of 340 <laughs> years... Thomas Darby, being the senior man of the troupe here, it's great uh, to be with you here this evening. Thomas, tell me the story of what's going on here this evening. I'm going to have a chat with the four of you, but what happens here on Tuesday evenings in Slane?
6: Well, we have uh, great sessions here, actually. We play reels, jigs, hard and pipes. We have great singers here, and, you know, uh, we really and truly have a great session here, and we love it. That's the point about it. It all comes from the heart. But I'm a long time playing music now. I'm playing now since God was a gassing.
0: <laughs> I'm sure you are. <laughs> Tell us about that time. Uh, what age were you when you took up? Tell us what you're playing here firstly. This is a
6: palo soprani chromatic accordion. Playing, I suppose, since I was about eight year old. I first was a drummer. I played with a Kelly band, Joe Tolan's Kelly band, for a few years. I was down there in Marty Johnson's there with the famous Johnsons, and I was uh, tutoring them for a good while as well as a young boy. That was in 1949. You were on your mushroom that time.
0: <laughs> I don't know the hell what I was. I wasn't even a thought in me mother or father's mind. I can tell you that yeah. for sure. But I played a, a lot of
6: fashions. I played a lot of fashions out in Navan, the time they used to have the fashion meet, and uh, I, I played for a lot of step dancers. Down through the years, like, you know, I actually played for a lot of um, weddings. I was an entertainer as well. I don't know whether at that time that if you only hit the bushes that time, they'd sing with you, you know. (laughs) But it's different now. (laughs) But, uh, oh, yeah, I played all over the country, really, you know. And uh, I played actually on the on the ships as well. I have indeed. What there ships was, are
0: you uh, talking about
6: there? I well, no, the, out in the Seven Seas, yes, the Mediterranean. And actually the last time I played was in a place called Madeira, where they make, <laughs> they make the cakes. And I give you a bit of a fun about Madeira. Uh, we got off the ship and uh, I went off on a bus and we went up this big hill anyway and we went into Madeira. And so, there was hundreds and hundreds of people. But I took out the accordion anyway, and what did I start playing? Only the can-can, and it's da 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 And I suppose I had about 500, like a train behind me. (laughs) And the fun was was really great, you know. I had a great life. Mm -hmm. I walked along with the at the workshop in Avon, and I entertained them. God loved them every day. And... I walked down here in Slane Factory, driving a bus for 17 years. I'm actually the last now of the, the drivers. In 1954, I started a, a band called the Derby Brothers. We played at every hole and corner that ever was. We even played at all the, the carnivals. And we, we played below Kilmaine and Wood with the thing and tinker lady, Margaret Barry. I also played with a fella by the name of Jackie Hurst. Ah, shall look at... I could stay here for an hour or two hours and tell you all the places.
0: All the people yes, and all the places I that you played with, yes. yes. What are you going to play for me, Tommy? We're going to do the car- carton pipe. Let's have a chat with the man on the fiddle, Paddy Riley. Born in 1936. Paddy, you're really belting it out there. I love the fiddle.
7: Howdy, thanks very much.
0: Tell us about you and the fiddle and when you started to play.
7: I started to play about 10-year-old.
0: Was it unusual for a 10-year-old, say, in 46, to take up this instrument?
7: I couldn't hold it any sooner because there was, there was no such thing as a small fiddle. <laughs> My arm wasn't long enough to go out.
0: To Fantastic. So...
7: So that was... that was And why
0: the, the fiddle? Why the fiddle in particular? Why did you take it up? My
7: dad played the fiddle at the Goatum. Yeah.
0: Is it a difficult instrument to master?
7: Well, it's, it's difficult to know, I suppose.
0: Mm.
7: Yeah, you would have to devote yourself to it. Eh?
0: But you've played with the likes of Dermot O'Brien, Finton, Stanley. Now I'm name-dropping. you played with these fellas, yeah? Someone's,
7: someone's doffing
0: you.
7: <laughs> I did play with them all the way. Mm. I did, yeah, yeah.
0: That must have been some thrill. You know, when you think about Stanley, what a player he was, and O'Brien, like, top of the pops.
7: <laughs> top of the pops is right, right. Well, if you only rails or jades I'd be playing along with them, you know, mm. that's... That's all I, I, I could do. Hey,
0: don't be knocking it on the head. Be you're an integral part of it. Or if you didn't do uh-huh. your bit, the whole sound wouldn't come together. Uh, also the Tara Kelly Band.
7: Yeah, the Tara Kelly Band. they went for 30 years
0: now. Mm. But by God, you have such uh, a range of associates in the music business.
7: Well, to tell you the truth now, I might as well start at the, further bite. In 1950, I broadcast from the GPO, from Radio Erden. And I'd done a number of broadcasts at him from there, from the GPO. And at that time, there was no like, was, you no know, wireless around about. <laughs> I and mean, people went to have distances for to hear wireless, like, because there wouldn't be a wireless in every house. So that's the way it was at that time.
0: So you were there, Paddy, at the start really of broadcasting?
7: I was, yeah, yeah. From, from the GPO, yeah.
0: Fantastic, yeah. what a claim and to I, fame I, that
7: is And uh, before that I had to pass an audition for to go through that, for to be able to play and the audition was held in Montrose House beside where the studio is now that house beside the aerial and uh, the, the the place where the studio is was only a big patch with big oak trees and everything like that so I seen that anyhow
0: Coming on and moving through the years and all that experience under your belt, what does it mean to you to come here to Slane and play with these guys each week?
7: It means a lot every week for to be able to, to come in and play along with these lads uh, because there's no other playing anywhere else now. <laughs> you, can't, you can't play anywhere else now.
0: It's a pleasure to be here with you tonight and thanks for telling us your wee story. Paddy Riley, fiddle player extraordinaire. What are you going to play for us?
7: Miss McLeod's Wheel.
0: Where you go, boys.
8: Martin Darby, what accordion do you play? I played the five-row continental accordion. I started with the two-row and continued on, then just went to the five-row. So other than that, I'm playing down through the years from 17 years of age, you know. Did,
0: did you travel as much as, as the other flan? Were you with him
8: everywhere he went? I mean, in the band with the David Brothers. I was with him all the time, you know. Fitting the music into your life
0: and that as well, was the music you know, such a, a, an outlet for you? Was it something that you always looked forward to no matter where you worked or what you worked I at?
8: I did, I did. Uh, I loved uh, the accordion all the time, like, you know, and listened to Jimmy Shannon and all those. Later from, so, like, you know, it's all just by, by ear. I never went by music, but, uh, you know, the music books and that, but Paddy Neary and all that from Ardy and all them people, demon O'Brien, more or less, like, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm.
0: So, th- Tell me about places you played that you love playing, a venue you love playing
8: in. Oh, well, all over with the David Brothers, all over the country. You know? mm. That's like, a, I just, Tim Moon, Barham and Rich Henny and There's a lot, lot of halls, we were all over the country that time, you know, four or five nights a week, near yeah, that time.
0: And would the gigs be on late, or were you early finishers that you were back and sorted out for the next day's work?
8: Yeah, well, I think they were from nine to two, particular time. Mm. You come home and have to get ready for work, and yeah. all that sort of thing, mm. but you know. But you just took it in your stride? Took it in my stride and done my best, <laughs> at that. that's all I could do, you know.
0: Do you love it as much today as, you know, from do, you tuck-it-up and all those years travelling yeah. and performing?
8: Yeah, even more so today now. I do my best to get a couple of tunes out, you know, and, mm. and that mm. sort of thing, that.
0: Yeah. Martin, will you introduce this one? Come on, what, what are you going to do, boys?
8: Uh, I believe it's Father of Lynn, that were saying that.
2: Well,
0: Mihal Clark 4th. Of the famous four of the three hundred odd years, <laughs> you're the young fella. I am
5: the young fella, yeah.
0: What year were you born? In
5: 1939.
0: And he's the young fella. Listen to this. Isn't this just something else? You're playing what? Is it a button accordion? Yeah,
5: poor soprani, two-row button accordion, yeah.
0: And are you originally from this area?
5: No, I'm not. Originally from Longford, but I've lived up in Drumree since 1970.
0: Happy the tapers. I think you're a you're a native at this stage.
5: I don't know. Well, hopefully,
0: are you always a runner you always in? You know Ireland. You become a native. You're always a blow in I think. It takes a long time. I know you don't have to tell me, Michal. What's the story of you and this beautiful uh, accordion? When did you take it up? At what age?
5: Well, I was about sixteen. I'd say my father bought me a, a single-row button accordion uh, when I was about fourteen or so. You know. And then I went off. I, I I was in the air corps, and we the few fellas in the air corps that played music, and we kind of started up a barrel group, something like this kind of, you know. And it developed into that we formed a Kelly band then, and, and then we, you know, used to play around at different functions, birthday parties, and different things, you know. So. Then from that then we uh, we broke out branched out into different everywhere. I left the airport Went to I went to Broken Aer Lingus then for, and from there we went to different places. You know, mm. we formed a group there as well, and we went. We were went we were out in Nairobi on about five different occasions and things like that. You know, mm. we went within Japan as well. With another group.
0: I travelled a lot and played a lot. And this music, this music you play here, it's appreciated. You see that yourself the world yeah.
5: over. Uh, oh, yeah. it's. I remember starting off, it wasn't uh, appreciated as much as it is now. Like, I remember when, when people would say, What are you playing that rubbish? <laughs> the whole thing is reverse, really, you know?
0: Oh, it really is. What about these sessions here on, on Tuesday evening? I believe it's rarely you'll miss
5: yeah very I, I look forward to coming over here not just the music but for the camaraderie and uh, you know meeting people and having a chat and finding out what's going on around the place you know
0: what are you going to play Miel come on but tell we'll us play the king of the fairies maybe ah, now you're talking now you're talking away you go My God, them four young men can play, can't they? They really can. It was fantastic to meet them and experience their music and chat to them as well. That is but an excerpt from a feature, a longer feature I have on the four of them, which I'll be podcasting shortly. And I want to thank uh, Michal Clark, Paddy Riley, Martin Darby, uh, Martin and Thomas Darby as well. For their time and the conversation and everything else besides, I really do appreciate it. They're they're brilliant men when you think of it. 340 years on the clock and going strong. And we're getting plenty of comments in about them as well. Keep them coming to us. 086 1800 658 by WhatsApp or text on the show this afternoon and I want to say a special thank you to Michael Scully who put there who organized that whole thing brilliant Michael thank you indeed I much uh, appreciated delighted to hear from you Antoinette thank you Jerry got my first Christmas card from you in the post today and many are dropping all around the Northeast from me for sure at this time. Lovely to hear from you. Happy Christmas, Antoinette, to you. Ah, oh, lovely reaction to the boys there. Aren't they great? Thomas and Martin Darby, Paddy Riley, and Michal Clark. Their music, it's uh, something else. And they love it as much as ever at this stage of their lives. Paddy Riley played with Pap Usher. Uh, he played a Stradivarius. A frequent listener sends that into us there. Gerda says she loves listening to the boys as well. So does and Pauline too. Thank you indeed for those lovely messages. Pamela Hill's been on to us today to say uh, she's uh, delighted with the uh, Gary Kelly Christmas card Initiative we have here on Late Lunch and she wants to send her best wishes to everyone, including Anne Tracy, in the Gary Kelly Centre. Now it's time for your riddle on Friday, a little later than usual today. Are you ready for your riddle? It's Christmas time. I'm generous. I'm giving it away. I have a lovely prize for one of you in Late Lunchland today, if you can solve the riddle. And if you think about it, it ties in with our theme on the show today at the start of the show. Little hint for you there. Here is your riddle on Friday. What can travel all around the world without leaving its corner? What can travel all around the world without leaving its corner? Please, answers to 086 1800 658. WhatsApp or text me now 086 1800 658. The riddle on friday what can travel all around the world without leaving its corner answers please with your name and details and we'll pick somebody for the prize on late lunch this afternoon it's nearly time to head to tara walker in east coast cookery school i can't wait sides christmas sides so important at the christmas table it adds it makes everything else the main dish but before we head there it's time for my woman come on let's be having you kylie
2: It's been a long time to be missing you, you, you. You're on your way now, lover, and I'm over the moon. Everything's all in place,
9: but there is one thing clear. Christmas isn't Christmas till you get here. Those sleigh bells ring, 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 ho, oh,
0: We're back at East Coast Cookery School on the run into Christmas and today it's all about sides, Tara.
4: Yes, Jerry. So Christmas time, I think everybody's mad for the sides, even though we're all full with all the different courses and everything. But I think that's what makes Christmas special is having lots of gorgeous different sides that you wouldn't necessarily bother with on your average kind of day. So we're going to start with some lovely roast potatoes, the classic crispy roast potatoes. Um, it's quite simple to do, but there's just a few little important steps. Then we're going to go on to some Brussels sprouts and I'm going to do them a little bit differently with some bacon, lemon, and chestnuts, just for a change, really. I know lots of people just like the basic kind of boiled sprout and then of course the gravy and the gravy is usually one of the first things i get on as you know we're going to focus on those three for today now you have the spuds
0: here bubbling away in the pot and power boiling is one of those key things When it comes to really classic roast potatoes for Christmas.
4: Exactly. So we need to make sure the edges are kind of soft. And you see, we're just emptying it here into the colander. But what I really like to do is give it a bit of a rough up. So you see the way the edges of the potatoes there have kind of, they've gotten a little bit rough, slightly broken up. And then a tea towel over them for a couple of minutes. Get rid of the steam and let the tea towel absorb the steam. um, So they're lovely and dry. And in the meantime, here in the oven, I have my oil heating. And it's very important that the, that oil is super hot so that we're getting them crisped up from the moment that we, have, we pop them into the oven. So let us hear a nice sizzle now when we get our potatoes on.
0: And there they go into the oil. What oil are you using there? So
4: I have rapeseed oil here. I just like the high burning point, but you can use sunflower or vegetable. Obviously, you could use the fat from your turkey or your duck or your goose. And then, look, I have a little silicone brush here, and I'm just making sure... All edges of the potatoes have that oil on them. And I will go back to them and shake them up in a few minutes. But you can see they've kind of roughed up there. Mm -hmm. And that's going to be giving us that lovely crisp outside while giving us a lovely flowery centre.
0: And how long will you give those in the oven?
4: Yes, I usually put them in for about an hour at 180 degrees.
0: Back to the parboil. How long have you parboiled them there for?
4: So I put them in cold water. Mm -hmm. So obviously they were kind of getting the heat through them as the water was coming up to the boil. And then they were boiling for about five minutes on a good rolling boil. It's really easy, really. But the the few steps are get it nice and kind of rough on the edges, and get the oil really, really hot. After that, you're happy out. You can concentrate on other things. Sure, we all love our spuds, don't we? The spuds are one thing, but you've got to have the gravy. Exactly, Jerry. So I always start with the gravy, and I know a lot of people are surprised when I say, and you've heard me saying before that I always start with the gravy. The reason being that is where we're going to get that beautiful reduction type sauce effect and we will use the meat juices but i think it's great to get started on the gravy and get the base done really nicely and this can be done ahead of time you could do this three days before christmas and just leave it in the fridge then or even freeze it if you want to make it a bit more in advance so i'm starting here with some rapeseed oil and a knob of butter and I have my onions in, just some diced onions. And of course, as always, my little pinch of salt. And we're going to let those caramelise nicely now. So I have them on a little bit hotter than I might normally because I really want to get a bit of brown in there. So it depends on what meat you're using. So if you're going to have your turkey, you don't want your gravy maybe as dark looking. But if you're going with beef or pork um, or even duck or whatever, you might want to go a bit darker. So I'm going to get a nice caramelization on those onions.
0: Oh, those onions. This smell the aroma and they've taken on really good color there
4: exactly and so that is where you get that gorgeous depth of flavor and now I'm adding in just a little teaspoon of tomato puree and I'm cooking that out so we want to caramelize the tomato puree a little bit so rather than just popping a squirt of tomato puree in where there's liquid it's good to pop it in here where you get that lovely caramelization and that's going to add to the depth of flavor of this gravy And then next up now, I have a good tablespoon of flour going in. So we're nearly making a flavoured roux. Because of the oil and the butter in there, um, the flour is going to be the thickener. And we just cook that out again for a moment because obviously the flour can be a little bit chalky and powdery in texture. So it's important to cook it out. And then we're going to add our stock in. So whatever stock, I'm going to use some beef stock today. But whatever stock you have, just use your stock now, but still keep your meat juices for later. And finally, I'm just going to add a little bit of Worcestershire sauce in, just again to help with that depth of flavour. And now we're going to say goodbye to that gravy for two or three hours and let it simmer away. And then when your meat has come out and it's resting, then you add your juices from your pan in. And that's it? That's it, yeah. You can strain it now later if you want. Like I d- It depends for me. Probably on Christmas Day I will strain it because it's nice to have a really smooth gravy but then on other days when I'm just in a hurry I won't bother straining it.
0: So this is the base and it's goodbye there for a few hours now till that works its magic and when you have your meat then uh, prepared on the day juice is in and it's ready then for the table. So that's our gravy taken care of. Okay it's our third side today at East Coast Cookery School and you know yourself what I'm going to say when you mention Brussels sprouts A lot of people wince.
4: I know, and I think they're absolutely gorgeous, but... They have to not be overcooked. You know, they can't be kind of that sulfurous, you know, soggy kind of flavor. So my sprouts here, I actually got them. They're still on the stalk, which I think it's lovely to buy them that way. And I actually do think there's a difference. They're much fresher and I won't use them all in one go. So I'll be able to keep that there for a week or two and just take a few off every time I want. So I just peeled them and I put a little crisscross at the bottom of the sprout and I've just parboiled them. So they're about two-thirds of the way cooked let's say they'll be very hard at the very center but they're quite soft on the outside and now I'm just going to pan fry them with some butter and I just have a little bit of bacon here so I have some streaky bacon which I've just cut into small pieces like lardons and I'm going to just fry those off in the butter and as always Jerry Christmas recipes are good for the soul but not for the heart.
0: (laughs) (laughs) One time in the year, the exception, what about it? You have to indulge Tara at Christmas time. I think you're allowed that.
4: Yes, exactly. I just felt like saying that when I looked at the big knob of butter in the pan (laughs) and a load of bacon going in with it. (laughs) This can be done ahead of time as well. So what I've done in the past is I've crisped up the bacon on the pan. I've had the Brussels sprouts, which I've just, you know, I've blanched them and then cooled them and they'd be in the fridge and then all I have to do is toss them all together just before serving.
0: Lovely. So we let that bacon walk away listen to it oh fantastic so that bacon has crisped up nicely there now you're putting those sprouts in whole
4: oh yes absolutely whole jerry definitely yep we're also going to pop some vacuum-packed chestnuts and a little squeeze of lemon juice on there and so the chestnuts make it much richer and then the lemon juice just lightens it again so it's a lovely little balance of flavors just deglazing essentially with that bit of lemon juice and you can hear a nice sizzle there and we're just going to let that finish off for a moment or two i want to kind of just roughen up the edges of the brussels sprouts and get them kind of caramelized a little bit you can see there
0: and that's it we're done then
4: yes that's it we're done we can have a little taste and our potatoes will come out of the oven shortly great stuff yes jerry so we're gonna have a little taste of these now and that should just be a really gorgeous side dish and quite indulgent
0: piece of chestnut little piece of bacon there and don't knock that sprout on the floor here we go no oh i have to say there's a yin and yang there and something else in there between the bacon, the chestnut and the sprout, isn't there?
4: Absolutely, and the lemon as well. Mm. Some people just like their their sprouts plain, but I think it's really nice and luxurious this way.
0: It's unctuous, may yeah. I say. It really is. Lovely, lovely, lovely. So, back to the oven and to see how our spuddies are doing.
4: Oh, look at that.
0: Oh, my, oh, my. They are just gorgeous. I can tell you. Folks, the crispiness on the outside is just
4: superb. Absolutely. So you can see here where the bits were that we kind of roughed up on the edges. They're going to be super, super crispy. So let's get them onto a plate with some gravy. And we'll have a little taste now in a sec, Jerry. So, Jerry, our gravy has been bubbling away there for absolutely ages. And I'm going to just pour a little bit over your spuds just so you can have a little taste. And I had this gravy on earlier before you arrived. That's how much I love you, Jerry. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. You're too good. And you can have a little mini Christmas dinner there now. Your Brussels sprouts, your lovely crispy spuds and some lovely gravy. So they are just a few ideas for sides on Christmas Day.
0: Lovely. Let me have a taste. Mmm. Oh, my. Oh, my. Those potatoes are just outstanding, Tara. <laughs> and the gravy mm.
4: i can hear the crunch there <laughs> just so simple but there's just those few little details just to recap make sure they're well parboiled and roughed up around the edges and make sure the oil is super sizzling hot when you put them in and make sure they're coated well in the oil and give them a little shake every now and then about 180 or 200 degrees for approximately an hour
0: side sorted for christmas tara We'll be back again shortly in East Coast Cookery School on the run
4: into Christmas. Great to see you as always, Jerry.
0: Ah, oh, I could stay there forever. EastCoastCookerySchool.ie, a range of courses going on the run into Christmas and for the new year. Check them out. She's simply brilliant. Next week, we bring you a lovely little sweet, a dessert, if you like to call it, for Christmas time. It's so simple. It's so nice. And it's absolutely beautiful as we continue the series On the run into Christmas with Tara Walker at East Coast Cookery School. Time for more banter from our Sinead, Sinead Burke. I love this one. It's all about how our bedtimes change with the passing years.
10: Wouldn't you be on your last nerve trying to keep up with all of these restrictions? Between the locking down and the lifting up, and five people allowed in one room as long as they were all born in February, it's hard to keep up with it all. It's no wonder most of us are wandering round completely addled at the moment. You'd have a better chance understanding the Mocaniloc than having a full grasp of what's allowed and what's not. There is one restriction, though, which I think has long-term merit. Something which, if I may say so, should have been brought in years ago. The midnight curfew for pubs. It's a cracker of an idea. And before anyone starts climbing up on any high horses answering to the name of civil liberty, I'm only talking about this early bedtime, applying to some people. People over the age of 30. Let's be clear about something. Nothing positive, productive or in any way creative happens after 12am. This is the messy, angry, emotional time. Terrible ideas seem like reasonable choices. Bad decisions pretend to be dangerous and sexy adventures. Mobile phones come to life and play hilarious tricks on you by sending messages that should never be sent and making calls that should never be made. High heels and friendships are ruined and livers are damaged after this time of night. Which, don't get me wrong, is all fine and dandy if you're a young whippersnapper in your 20s. The millennials have years to down buckwheat shots to repair vital organs. They don't have children to get up for in the morning. And as for destroying friendships, it doesn't matter. If people aren't going to get over a drunken faux pas, then they certainly won't be standing beside you when you can't go out because there's a mortgage payment due and one of the kids has croup. But for those of us in the middle, demanding stage of life, we have no business being out after hours. For years I've held a personal rule that I need to be in a taxi going home before 1am. On the occasions I've stuck to this, I cannot describe the high level of smugness it has bestowed on me the following morning. The few times I've abandoned this rule, disaster has followed. Near weeping as I bravely try to put in a low-functioning shift the next day as a responsible parent. Cold fear, as I check for any suspicious activity on my phone. And where in the name of God did that kebab come from? The glamour boys of Nephit may have tested our patience over the last 78 years, or however long this flippin' thing's been going on for. But the midnight curfew? This is something I am fully on board with. But Sinead, I hear you cry. I am a youngster of 35, living my best life with a reliable babysitter and can still rock a sleeveless top. Surely you're not referring to me? Yes. Yes, I am. If you can truthfully answer yes to any of the following questions, I am indeed referring to you. Do you have any people in your household who will require some level of care from you the next day? Do you now pay more attention to eye cream advertisements and have you started to wonder whether the more expensive anti-wrinkle creams might be worth taking a chance on? Do you own more pyjamas than going out clothes? You see, I am talking to you. Look, I would see this as a temporary restriction on people's lives. Not one of Tony Houlihan's pretendy temporary until I think I can trust you all to behave restrictions, but a control that would have a definite time span. From the ages of 30 to 50 years old, people would be required to vacate licensed premises by 12 o'clock. Coaches at midnight, if you will, for this tired Cinderella generation. By the time we all reach 50, the heavy lifting of rearing kids is done. And if the film output of Julie Walters and Brenda Blython have shown us anything, it is that past the mid-century, ladies become more sassy and wise. And crucially, our disposable income can now be spent on proper haircuts and Botox fillers, instead of braces and school raffle tickets. This all allows us to emerge back into late-night society, knowing that there will be nobody pestering us in the morning for a lift somewhere, and thanks to the early nights, We haven't looked this well in years. Midnight curfews. I think it makes sense. See you all in the residence bar in 2027. I'll be the one looking fantastic.
0: (laughs) Simply brilliant Sinead Burke with her latest edition of her banter. On the money as always, Sinead. Thank you indeed and happy Christmas to you. She's simply wonderful. After three on late lunch Prince and David Sheehan with Sport but taking us to news weather and sport it's this from Gilbert
2: I've no wish to hurry you love but I've you seen the time It's quarter to ten and we're supposed to be there at nine I don't think the registrar will be very pleased when we show
0: If you were with us, top of the show, you'll know I was speaking to Anne Tracy from the Gary Kelly Cancer Support Centre. And you do know I'm supporting them this Christmas by buying their Christmas cards and sending them out to you. Yes, the deal is you send me a card here to LMFM Radio and I'll personally send a card back to you this Christmas time. And it's just something... That, uh, you know, brings the Gary Kelly Cancer Support Centre to the forefront of our minds. And you heard earlier on the spin-offs from it, orders, big orders for cards coming in all over the place. It's just great to hear. And look, I'll just do this now. Look, let me do this. Let me open this. They're even coming in while I'm on the air. It's just been handed in. Let me see what's in this one here. Oh, my God, there's a cash donation as well in this one too and, and you know we didn't set out we just set out to you know buy the cards and support the centre but people are being so generous it's really great this says look at this dear Jerry. we lost her dear mother Anna in December 2016 it's only recently that I heard that you paid a lovely tribute to her at the time I didn't hear it so on behalf of the family I would like to thank you for your kindness and send you on this card hope you and your family have a lovely happy and safe Christmas and that comes in from the Pentany family in Killineer I know them well I thank you indeed for for the lovely card and the thought and Anna was a lovely lovely lady she really really was and I'll pass that donation I promise you directly to Anne in the Gary Kelly Cancer Support Centre keep the cards coming to me I absolutely love them Jerry, best wishes to you. Thanks for a great show. It's Liz here. I'll send you a lemon squeezer at a later date. Yes, Tara Walker loves our lemon squeezer, doesn't she? Your riddle on Friday. Here it is again for the last time. What can travel all round the world without leaving its corner? The answer I was looking for, a stamp, of course. And it's tied in with the Christmas cards we're receiving here this year and loads of them we are receiving. And the prize on late lunch this afternoon... For solving the riddle, goes to Helen Fagan in Denor. Well done to you, Helen. We'll be in touch. Now, my artist of the week this week is Prince. And I mentioned yesterday that when he died in April 2016, there was no will made. Incredible, isn't it? And as you can imagine, what followed was bedlam. He was twice divorced, but not known to have fathered any children, meaning that his only sister and five half siblings had claims on his vast estate. Listen to this. Within weeks, 700 people came forward and said they were related to him. By God, there's no end of chancers, is there in the world? None of them, none of them, subsequently proved a link. And as of today, his estate remains unsettled. Musically, he recorded hundreds and hundreds of songs that remain in his vaults in his home, unreleased. This man could be releasing music, posthumously for years and years to come and you know his popularity endures with retro releases after his death enjoying massive sales. Prince you know is regarded as one of the greatest musicians of his or any generation, a real showman, flamboyant, controversial, he had it all and his influence inspired just some names here and they all acknowledge it, the likes of Beyonce, Lady Gaga, Janelle Monáe, Justin Timberlake and so many more great artists. And today on Late Lunch, I conclude my week of prints with this one from 1994. I love it. Prince, my artist of the week this week, the most beautiful girl in the world. Oh, yes, indeed. Fantastic song. Tell you a little one about that song, a vignette before we finish on Prince this week. He was sued that he had plagiarised that song from Bruno Bergonzi and Michel Vincino in uh, Italy. And uh, the court ruled in their favour to say that taking me to paradise was the song that Prince plagiarised, produced that one there. But that case, it's still ongoing, would you believe it, as well. Just an interesting little finish to the story this week. But there you are, Prince, my Artist of the Week, and we'll pick somebody else for uh, Artist of the Week on Late Lunch next week, coming up round about the same time each day, Monday to Friday. Up next on today's show, yes, sport is thin on the ground locally this time round, but there's a big weekend of Premier League football and looking ahead to it with me after the break is David Sheehan. Late lunch LMFM radio Friday afternoon, heading towards the end of the show. This time every week we look ahead to the weekend sport with our very own David Sheehan. We're quite limited this week, David, just really the Premier League catching the attention.
9: Yeah, the live local action is playing is on the ground, I suppose, with most of the uh, most of the um the local size knocked out of of Leinster action last weekend just trimmed to come next next weekend in the in the Lancaster that's on Saturday next weekend so nothing really this weekend apart from the Premier League as you mentioned so yeah I guess it's the top three Chelsea versus Leeds Liverpool Villa so Steven Gerrard going back to Anfield and then City versus Wolves Um so yeah, three interesting games, Jerry. I'm not sure which one you want. To, which one you want to pick out first? Yeah, yeah well,
0: well, let's go with that Liverpool Villa game because it is the return of Stevie G to Anfield. I'm sure he'll get a, a wonderful reception, and he's certainly put some steel into Villa since he's arrived. But Liverpool, you can't really see a creak in the armour, can you? At the moment,
9: no, not not at the moment. The way they're going, but um, like Villa have had uh, three wins in their last five, so there's certainly been a good uptick in form since Jared has come in. And as you say, like he he'll get a fantastic reception back at Anfield. Of course, the, the Liverpool fans will want him to go home without any points. But you know, Liverpool four wins in the last five, just a point behind Man City at the top of the table. Just you know, thirty-two positive, thirty-two goal difference, like just absolutely flying. It's really hard to see anything but a Liverpool win here. I think Liber- I think Villa will will give them a game of it, but I, I you'd have to put you'd have to put the house on Liverpool to get the win there. The way they're going at the moment, you never know. But it, it certainly looks like Liverpool win there.
0: Now Chelsea have stuttered of late across the board It was surprising really because they looked uh, to be dead racing certs towards the title at one stage But sure it's never won in 21, it'll be won late in 22 towards the end of the season Now they face Leeds and of yesteryear this game would have been a massive one Leeds back in the Premier League now trying to settle in But really struggling this year David with injuries to key players
9: yeah, it's a touch of second season syndrome maybe for Leeds. Um, they you know they did so well last year and and really kind of uh, drew in a lot of neutrals with the style of play. And Bielsa's a an, an enigmatic uh, figure as manager as well. So I think there was a lot of love for Leeds from, from neutrals. Maybe much, maybe not from Manchester United supporters, but from the rest, there was a lot of people like watching that Leeds team play. But yeah, Chelsea, you know, last last weekend it was the game we looked ahead to last weekend against West Ham, and West Ham got the win there. Um, so yeah, Chelsea having lost that game, they've got just got two wins in the last five. But you know, Leeds only one win in their last five games. They've they've taken uh, I think five points in that in that spell as well. So not not going great at the moment. Um, but you know, you'd have to fancy Chelsea to win that one. You see again a home game for for the three top teams this weekend. It's it's hard to look beyond them. But uh, Leeds would be hoping to dig in and maybe get a point out of it. But they're not the most resolute defensively. So you'd you'd have to put the the money on Chelsea
0: to get the win there. I think you're on the money with that one for sure, and the third in the three-horse race for the Premier League title this season. Manchester City going well as well, top of the table against Wolves.
9: Yeah, and like won have won their last five in a row. Manchester City, you've only lost two all season. Um, I've only conceded nine goals in 15 games as well. So you know, maybe in years gone by, Manchester City might have been a, a little bit soft at the back and maybe teams would have felt like they could get at them if they could get a hold of the ball for long enough but they've, they've tightened things up there and they're looking pretty good at the moment as I said and Wolves in 8th place not going too badly after a slow start but again you know it's it's really hard to look past Manchester City and actually just looking at the table as a whole the top 4 sides have got positive goal differences everybody below that has negative goal differences as we said before in previous weeks it looks like it's going to be a 3 horse race all the way unless West Ham can somehow hang on, hang on in there but it's hard to see that happening
0: Let's look to the nether regions and Newcastle winning their first game last week. A big sigh of relief. They have lots of money in the bank. They want to spend it in January. They go to Leicester this weekend. Leicester losing out in the Europa League last evening. They go into the conference now. Uh, I don't think they'll uh, be too enamoured with that. But they're not playing as well this year at all for Brendan Rodgers, who has being touted as the next Manchester United manager.
9: Yeah, and then you mentioned the Europa Conference there. Brendan Rogers last night pretty much admitted, admitting, that he didn't know anything about the Europa Conference or how it worked, so he's going to have to familiarise himself with that one pretty quickly after they were knocked out of the Europa League, as you mentioned. What, like... It's it's I suppose it's one of those games, you're looking around at the fixtures this weekend, nothing really jumps out at you, but this one, interesting enough, like Newcastle, as we said, I actually tipped them to lose last weekend, but they got their first win of the season against Burnley. Away to Leicester, you know, ordinarily you'd expect Leicester to win this game, and it looks like it might be an ideal one for them to kind of turn their form around. They've only got one win in their last five and taken five points in that spell as well. Uh, but, you know, Newcastle, having got that win last week, maybe just they're, they're on the... They're on the rise, and the tails might be up, and, and Leicester, the way they're going at the moment, not not performing overly well. So, I'm not sure Newcastle will be good enough to get the win there. They're going to struggle again, as they have done all season, for goals, but uh, they might be able to nick a point, and you know, that, that might just kind of keep the recovery going. And as we talked about before, there is talk that you know, Newcastle obviously have lots of money to spend in, in the January window. There is talk of a, of a sort of a soft. Passed agreement between all of the Premier League clubs that they're not going to do business with Newcastle so that's going to be a really interesting one to watch in the January window, who they can bring in and for what price, Uh, but for the moment you know, if they could get a point against Leicester, that would represent a a good result for them and it would edge them a little bit closer to to getting out of that bottom three but uh, that's probably one game to maybe look for out of the, the other matches that are going on this weekend
0: just before we finish, and I indulge yourself and myself here, let's look into no man's land and the game between Arsenal and Southampton and the gutless gunners were true to form on Monday against Everton.
9: Yeah, and I was uh, I was speaking to a friend of mine who's an Arsenal supporter on, on Monday afternoon and I said to him, you know, it's all set up for, for uh, Everton to, to turn their form around tonight with the, with the way they had gotten hammered it by Liverpool and Benitez was under pressure and I was like, here come Arsenal to just hand them all three points and as you said, it's a game, and it's a pattern of game that we've seen. Oh, I don't know, Jerry. Over the last 15 years, I don't know how many times we've seen that kind of performance from Arsenal where they go ahead, uh, they rode their luck a little bit with two of our decisions, but then you know conceded that the the added time winner. Um, and you know you have to take your hats off to Everton. There was nothing more than they deserved. But yeah, whatever is in the the Arsenal DNA at the moment, no matter how many new players come in, they all seem to get infected by this. Um, malaise and, and weakness that, that just sees them throw away leads and they just they just don't seem to be able to shut games down when they get ahead. Um and Southampton at home this weekend, you know, they're still not in a bad spot on the table. If they win that they move up closer to the top four. Uh so they're not in they're not in a bad spot in the league. But um they've lost the last two now and lost three of the last five. So Southampton at home you'd imagine should be a banker for them but as you know, Jerry, Arsenal and bankers uh, don't really go hand in hand, so we'll just have to wait and see and keep our fingers crossed for that
0: one. Absolutely. David, thanks so much. We'll talk to you next week for the final sports instalment on Late Lunch of the year. Appreciate it. Thanks, Jerry. Thanks, David, again, and that's our lot on Late Lunch for this week. Big thank you to my producer, Louise Walsh, to Brian Farley. thanks a million, Brian, who's guided me safely through the last couple of hours today, to our guests who joined us through the week, but especially to you, our Late Lunch listeners, really appreciate your company every day. Uh, Eddie Caffrey's coming next with The Drive. Stay with us here on LMFM Radio. We'll be back with a brand new week, the penultimate week of the year on Late Lunch from Monday at one30 Take care of yourselves this weekend. At least it's a little quieter on the windy front. And do come back and join us Monday afternoon. See you then. Bye.
2: The late lunch with Blackstone Motors, Jorda and Cabin. Order your new Dacia Duster or the all-new Dacia Sendero and Stepway. Guaranteed delivery and low-rate APR finance. Visit BlackstoneMotors.ie.